0: The dope are
1: three is a magic number <coughs> Hello and welcome to Third Time's a Charm, the show that takes an in-depth look at the third installment of a franchise. This is episode 52, Blade Trinity, from 2004. I'm your host, Hannibal Mike, and welcome back to another Marvel Part 3 episode. Joining me on this voyage through the Sacred Timeline is none other than my Bucky, my war machine, my guy in the chair, Kyle Reinfried. Today, however, due to it being October, I wanted to put out a Halloween-themed episode, so the two of us took advantage of the desecration of the Sacred Timeline, if you will, and set off into the multiverse of madness, searching for a pre-MCU Part 3 Marvel-related title that might be canon after all? Question mark? We'll get into all that on this episode as well as several other show crossovers such as vampires, 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 Matrix-type stuff, and possible Fast and Furious connections as well. Since we're here, I figured I'd do the plugs up front this time since there's quite a few of them. Check out Kyle Reinfried, my guest today, over at Foodie Films, where he may be on hiatus but has plenty of content up for everybody to check out as we speak. Also, check out his other show, PSI Love Hoffman, along with his co-host and frequent unofficial co-host of this show, Brian Late Night Rodriguez. Also, please check out The Monsters That Made Us, my other show with the invisible Dan Cologne. It comes out the last Friday of every month, and we are going deep on the Universal Monster movies, the old black and white ones. They're pretty great. For September right now, you can listen to our Invisible Woman episode, and this October, it's going to be The Wolfman. Cage Club Prime is back with a new episode where you can catch me and my co-host Joey Lewandowski on the original show that started it all. This time we're talking about Nick Cage's most recent film, Prisoners of the Ghost Land. It's a radioactive, Japanese, acid-infused, neo-Western, fucking Mad Max, ass-kicking, ball-breaking good time. So check it out. Last but not least is Viva Paul Vegas. That's right, Joey and I got together again to record another Elvis movie episode. This time, it's Wild in the Country, and oh my gosh, that country is even wilder than you could possibly fucking imagine. All kinds of crazy shit goes on in that movie. Serious Elvis, not that much singing, you know, but makes up for it with insane drama, crazy stuff in that movie, so check it out. Alright, now that that's all out of the way, and without any further ado, I guess it's time to sharpen your stakes, grab your sunglasses, and try not to ice skate uphill because this is Blade Trinity.
0: Welcome back, Kyle. It's the third time's a charm. Thank you for joining me again. Thanks for having me. This is the MMCU, the Michael Manzi. Cinematic Universe. I like
1: it. Or the M... Okay, see you, the Mike
0: and Kyle. Oh, alright. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to throw myself in, but I'll take no, well, it. Well, <laughs> I figured we're
1: on this journey of Marvel Part 3s. This is our second yeah. Marvel team-up.
0: If Star Wars makes us Leaf Brothers, what does, like, Marvel make us?
1: Right, so we went from Leaf Brother to Dyad, if you remember that. Oh, yeah. Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. I like Leaf. Better. I like Leaf Brother yeah. more. It's it's from the Return of the Jedi yeah. novelization, uh, <laughs> where Wicket pronounces them all Leaf Brothers. Yeah, what are we? I was trying to get to the bottom of that last i think we're just like a team up you know like a like a side, like the sidekick like iron man and war machine or all right a, yeah or something like that sure i'll take it peter and ned <laughs> <laughs> and the man in the chair all right yeah something we could we could work on names and costumes we've got a couple more of these to go the revengers the re-revengers the
0: Put-ingers. yeah something Podcast. with podcasts
1: A little bit of a shift here, Kyle, as well. I know you weren't quite expecting to be back here for Blade Trinity, which is what we're here to discuss today, but as I got to thinking, you know, I want to kind of make this series as long as possible, and, uh, you know, now that the multiverse has sort of been recreated Yeah, we were speculating
0: on the last mm -hmm. episode. Yeah, so
1: it was the day before the Loki season finale.
0: Which ended up, we thought it was the series finale. Which,
1: yeah, shocked. It wasn't, yeah, but at the end of that, Sylvie kills he who remains, and the multiverse has unraveled from the sacred timeline as it is. So, I figured what better time to dig a little deeper into the Marvel Universe past? And now that they like own all these properties again, like this version of Blade could have been one of the offshoots of the multiverse, yeah. We We, we,
0: could treat it that way, like we know Mahershala Ali is you know signed on for. Blade, But, hey, we could get the man himself.
1: We never know. I'm hearing more and more rumors about this Doctor Strange movie, uh, who might show up as a cameo, just the the possibilities now that they own the rights to all these properties. The X-Men movies are streaming on Disney+. Plus. X3, that's the other non-MCU property that I would like to cover with you as well. But if mutants are on the way, you know, there's just no telling if any of this will come back in any way. So it's fun to... Treat it as such.
0: Yeah, I think it'll be fun to see if we get these past actors to show up just in, like, a bit part as most likely now with the multiverse like you know sometimes there's little nods to like, a, like for instance Lou Ferrigno played a security guard in yeah, the Incredible Hulk that, those cameos right like, but right. I think now with the multiverse like you could get Have Lou Ferrigno show up as the Hulk maybe as the
1: maestro well that's what I was thinking in a, in a very sort of cheap way what they could do is as Doctor Strange is kind of flying through the tunnel to get him to different realities you could just see the different movies flashing by yeah that too yeah exactly you know, so you almost like
0: the way the mcu like credits right with the
1: so you can see nick cage's ghost rider yeah anything to get him back that's a shame we never got ghost rider 3 with cage but we're here to talk about another amazing actor wesley snipes
0: wesley wesley
1: snipes now there's no denying kyle let's get into blade here early experiences blade one how do you feel how you feeling about this blade series
0: first two blades Great. Arguably the second is like one of those like movie entries that is recognized as like the better one. Blade 1 or Blade 2 to most people.
1: Yeah. I love Blade 1 maybe more. It had more of an impact at the time, I think, but Blade Two's great Guillermo del Toro.
0: Yes. I think Blade 1 just being thrown into that world and then mm-hmm. I love me some Stephen Dwarf.
1: A lot going on in that first Blade.
0: Very influential, you might not
1: like think, but it's v- Okay, so what I'm getting at is like... It's this proto matrix. That's movie, the whole right? thing.
0: That it's it's pre matrix without the
1: actual matrix. You yes. Know?
0: <laughs> like, People always credit X Men or mm-hmm. then more like X Two and Spider Man or Spider Man Two is like yeah. the early best like non connective universe Marvel movies. Yeah. But it's this is a Marvel property. It, so. Yeah,
1: and it was part of the early part of the new sort of breed of those superhero movies that were coming coming out and were they going to be able to be taken seriously if it, if it wasn't a Batman movie or a Superman movie, will people even go see it?
0: Are comic books just for like kids, yeah. you know, like that's yeah, like yeah. what people, you know. And
1: I think it took a very big risk. Look there are several factors in that film that make us stand apart. One you know, Wesley Snipe is a black actor, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. and he's a superhero, right? He's the hero. Uh, so, like, that is sort of um, a benchmark. And the other thing is that is a hard R movie.
0: That's probably the most R, just because then, like, Blade Two is R, but he's just so, like, whimsical sometimes that it's, like, not as hard, if yeah. that makes sense. yeah. And I guess because the, like, the bad guys, are, I not forget what they're called, but they're more like kind of creature-esque versus just like people looking like people. You know, Correct. Vampires. They're like
1: mutated vampires. Yeah. So it's like a
0: bit more, you know, like not as like just straight up seeing, even though they're vampires, they still like look like humans. So I guess it's not as violent. Then this one, I'm like, besides him saying motherfucker a couple times, I'm like, why is this rated R? I wasn't even aware that this one was rated
1: R, but then I saw that I watched the extended cut. I wonder if I did as well. Those things early on, I think, legitimized Blade as a series, and maybe even David Goyer, the writer of all three Blade movies, director of Blade Three, as like a guy who knows what he's doing when it comes to comic book properties, because he teamed up with Christopher Nolan for the Dark Knight series, same yeah. writer of the Blade yeah. series.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. Then this, yeah, and this one he directed. So right, it's sort of a story behind yeah. that.
1: I mean, he wasn't the first choice, but he was sort of promised. Not necessarily this movie, but they are like, you write us three Blade movies and they perform like, we got your back. After Blade 3, there went on to be a TV show for a little while.
0: Oh, really? For like a season. Oh, I don't and, remember that. Yeah, yeah. On uh, what and, network do you
1: remember? I think it was like Channel 9.
0: W- no, 9. Oh. <laughs> or Channel
1: 5. Okay. Yeah, like Fox.
0: Who's making this? What's What productions do? Is it Universal? So this is a New Line Cinema production oh yeah yeah new line Cinema.
1: yeah which shout out to new line i think that was the house that freddie built in the 80s it was pretty much like into lots of horror stuff and the blade series is also like a horror series we're dealing with vampires after
0: yeah, all yeah definitely yeah this one gets a little like cheesier a little okay <laughs> shall we just get into it you ready for the plot my friend yeah yeah let's just yeah okay
1: so here's a quick Plot summary, then we can talk freely about it and go over the cast and and things like that. Ultimately, what's going on in this one is the vampires have gotten together and they found Dracula. Yeah. The Dracula.
0: In Syria.
1: In the Middle East somewhere. They
0: were supposed to be... They say at one point, Wade Wilson, I mean, Green Lantern, what's... Hannibal... Hannibal King. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Hannibal begins... Breaking, not the breaking the fourth wall, but narrating this movie. And And then he comes
1: back later to give, like, the backstory again. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He says Iraq, but I read that, like, at one point it was Iraq in the script, but then with what was going on in Iraq at the time, then they changed it to Syria on the screen. Basically, the
1: vampires have awoken Dracula. He's pretty much pissed about like his his lineage, his yeah. his name. They're like, oh, Dracula, we need you to defeat Blade, and then we <laughs> can kind of do the vampire final solution.
0: Yeah, like he he put himself to sleep because he was like pissed off how the world he was turning out. He put himself to right? sleep. Yeah, yeah. Like, he became a hermit just because he was just like, like yeah, I don't like the way the world of this is. World? Yeah,
1: yeah, I don't even want to conquer this. Yeah, place. and
0: that's like a millennia before, like <laughs> or whatever, several hundred years before the world that we're now living in with jessica beals
1: so he wakes up and uh, the vampires sick dracula on um, blade blade in the meantime is doing his vampire hunting with chris christopherson singing some country tunes yeah and he gets caught by cops chris christopherson's blowed up well the, that's
0: the vampires they've got multiple they're like the joker in this In like you know from the dark knight They have like contingencies. So it's like they're going for Dracula, they're framing him with like, and using at the same time, they have their, forgive me, what are the, what are, when people are like working with vampires, what are they called? Familiars. Familiars, yes. That's a used word in vampire lore. Right. So the familiars, and like one is like, we see like the, one police chief or whatever and there's the psychologist the point being they've been getting all these familiars and just like getting everyone to pretty much work against Blade and then also bleeding out humans making up like kind of their version of like Soylent Green situation or
1: The Matrix
0: Oh, yeah, they're, yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. yeah, yeah, the There's Matrix. a full yeah. circle.
1: Like, Blade 1 influences the look and sound of, or potentially the look and sound of The Matrix with the long black trench coat samurai So many movies in Underworld then later, yeah, yeah. you know? But like... now, Blade... Trinity, a character in the Matrix, like they could have just called it Blade Three. One of the plot points in this movie is human farming. Yeah. Is the vampires are doing what the robots were doing in the Matrix? Is they're they're keeping humans just alive enough to feed off of them, and then putting them in comas so they can't wake up. Blade is rescued at one point by Jessica Biel, who's Whistler's daughter and a Ryan strange Reynolds.
0: daughter, or like what, what or did just she strange. say? She says. Yeah, out of wedlock. Which is a had, term
1: that I haven't heard in about 15 years. Yeah, he, he
0: had two daughters and a wife that were killed by vampires. That's what we learn in the that's, first movie. Yeah, that's his lore. Then he had, yeah, this one out of wedlock. And then she
1: pops out of, she yeah. pops up sort of out of convenience. I
0: read that she was originally going to be like a granddaughter or like, I'm sorry, distant relative of Van Helsing. Ooh, and, then they read, like and then they read that Van Helsing was coming out and they're like, oh, let's just change
1: it. Ah, oh, too bad. Blade is rescued by the Night Stalkers. That's what they go by? They're like a ragtag team of vampire hunters. Which is what he
0: was part of in the comic books I saw Cool. Yeah. Okay. With with Hannibal King.
1: All right. So they're trying to work in a lot more stuff from the comics now that they're sort of three movies deep. Yeah. And they see at this this point that
0: at this point we've gotten one Spider-Man. Spider-Man 2 comes out, I think, the same year in 2004. And then at this point we also got two X-Men movies. Maybe a Fantastic Four, which I don't think those they didn't do bad, but they didn't do good.
1: Possibly that first Hulk. I'm not sure. If that yeah, that's Angley's Hulk is
0: 2003 or four. Okay, so like right around then, Marvel movies much more, and then all of a sudden we get Batman Begins DC. in 2005. DC and stuff. Yeah. Superman returns is
1: like around. No, I I hear what you mean. Maybe people are not really down with the Blade horror violence comic book stuff at that point. They want the more optimistic kind of Spider Man and that kind of thing, bright lights or daytime fights instead of nighttime fights. Sure. So the Night Stalkers also consist of a blind Natasha Leone and Patton Oswald. Yeah. Wearing a Fantastic Four t-shirt. And one
0: guy I thought was, oh boy.
1: Multiple drivers.
0: Yeah, multiple drivers. I thought the one guy was, uh, what's his name? Oh, it's such a great, smooth voice. He's from like, Stella Got Her Groove Back. I thought the one guy was Tate Diggs at first. Oh, Tate
1: Diggs. And who could forget James Remar is barely in this movie as the cop that arrests and tries to interrogate Blade. He's on screen.
0: Yeah. Well, this has like a couple of moments that I'm just like, oh, this also definitely like, I mean, this this is 04. So we've already gotten. It's post F. Those yeah, fast and yeah. but I, I haven't watched the first one in a while, so I'm curious to see if... Uh, to And to bring it to Cage Club also looked very... has very Gone 60 Seconds yellowy kind well, of stuff.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think this might be digital. That could be a, a reason as to the aesthetics but you know we we mentioned before we started recording i I at least called out the blade mobile yeah okay it looks very much like uh dom toretto's car i know blade has always had that but like one of the opening scenes in this movie is a car chase so they could be cashing in a little on that where are we in the plot oh so that whole team gets eliminated rather quickly he kidnaps ryan reynolds and the little girl and kills everyone else. And then blade and Jessica Biel have to go rescue everybody. And it ends in a big sort of battle between blade and Dracula, where somehow blade is holding his own against Dracula. And Jessica Biel has like this concoction where Natasha Leon created a serum that was going to like be a vampire virus that kills every vampire on the planet.
0: But- and potentially blade. They say that, but like he doesn't go through any like, quick like, <laughs> like like, no, no kind of like. well at the
1: end they do mention that his heart stopped long enough for them to think he was dead then he like comes back alive in the like in the morgue or something right like he pops back up
0: no but then that was Dracula
1: oh I thought that was
0: <laughs> no Didn't it's they like say, but then they, they said they mentioned... like he gave him one more gift because like Dracula re- respects Blade and he's like you're, you're like he more appreciates Blade than like the other vampires he's like you're the future yeah. of our
1: people then Ryan Reynolds comes in and says, like, Blade fell asleep until he was needed again. Like, became the new Dracula, maybe? I don't now know. there's there are no more vampires. Because also
0: in The Little Girl is just like, oh, like, why don't you just be... Like, when she catches him huffing his, you know, non-drinking blood serum. Yeah, yeah, his And she's all. like, why don't you just be nice, Blade? It's like, what? This movie is just so tonally, like, off. The stakes are, like... Weird, like you know, they're up and they're up and down, and like you're saying, like Blade ends up like pretty much like no problem for the most part holding his own against Dracula, which can we also say like he turned like we see him in the beginning, and then it ends with him more or less like as this crazy demon-looking thing that reminds yeah. me of the the demon from uh, Golden Child. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, Saram <Sodom> Nimspa. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: So it's just yeah, it's just really all over the place, and then also in the sense of like, did they just go okay, we're not gonna make any more. After this, even when they were writing it, because they like killed off like all vampires for the most part. And you're yeah.
1: totally right. Like, how would they come back and say like vampires are back after yeah. this? So here's a really weird thing about this movie: the serum that the, the good guys make, they say, like, oh, if we could mix this with Dracula's blood, it'll be a hundred percent effective. Yeah. Okay? If Dracula never came back like from the dead, then all the vampires would still, like, have a fighting chance. They could pull off their final solution without Dracula.
0: By bringing in Dracula, which, like, could, in theory, he's supposed to. He's fucking Dracula. He's the original. So it's like he should be, like, way stronger than, like, Blade.
1: There's only one thing Dracula can do that the rest of the vampires can't, and that's walk in the day.
0: And shapeshift. A little bit,
1: yeah. But I feel like even other vampires could do that if they could concentrate. It's too bad he didn't turn into a bat. Yeah, it just turns
0: into this more like horn skeletony kind of. Oh, we also get a uh, we get a vampire Pomeranian.
1: That was kind of cool. Yeah, I'd like to see more vampire animals. Maybe that's where the future of the Blade franchise lies. Maybe,
0: but no, this was a very strange one. It's more like than what I read. Wesley Snipes was really weird on set, and he and like David S. Goyer were like. Didn't get along at all. And then like Ryan Reynolds has been on record. He's like, I've never met Wesley Snipes. I've met Blade. (laughs) Yeah. So here's what I got
1: from from Wikipedia because I was just doing like a little brief kind of digging. There's a director's commentary with Jessica Biel, David Goyer, and Ryan Reynolds, but I did not have the time to listen to that however reportedly wesley snipes was unhappy with the film's script and original choice of director david s goyer who'd written all three films in the franchise was then selected to replace the director of the film which snipes also protested snipes reportedly caused difficulty during filming including frequently refusing to shoot scenes often forcing director goyer to use stand-ins and computer effects to add his character to scenes goyer describes making the film as the most personally and professionally difficult and painful thing <laughs> I've ever been through. Co star Patent Oswald alleged that Snipes would spend much of his time smoking marijuana in his trailer and that he became violent with Goyer after accusing him of racism. It has also been alleged that Snipes refused to interact with Goyer or his co-stars and would instead communicate with them through his assistant or the use of notes.
0: Yeah, post-its I read. (laughs) Snipes denied
1: that version of events and said that as an executive producer on the film, he had the authority to make decisions, but that some people had difficulty accepting that. Now, this all sounds very weird because only uh, like two or three years ago, Wesley Snipes appeared as Blade on an episode of What They Do in the Shadows. And he seemed to be down to class. yeah Yeah. they were they were messing with them pretty hard and yeah Seem to be cool with it. I don't know. Maybe it just depends on where you are at the time.
0: Also, like, he got arrested for tax evasion. Right now, because we have it playing in the background, we haven't mentioned some other of the cast. Parker Posey. She's
1: great. Yeah, I mean, she's not, like, funny or anything, but she's got a great vampire demeanor. Yes. Well, yeah,
0: she naturally looks like a vampire.
1: But, like, everything, every line reading, everything just is, like, so frustrating for her (laughs) as as a character. Like, she just doesn't seem happy at all in this movie and she plays it perfectly
0: yeah we also get triple h and supposedly the the production really liked him so they like gave him more lines and like yeah he was just like supposed to be just like that physical presence but supposedly he was just a very professional and i guess any anyone compared to wesley snipes on this set seemed to be pretty damn good Blade in this movie is just how little he speaks, and again, we now know this whole situation. He might not even be there. I mean, he goes like "goo goo gaga" to the baby at one point. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like
1: he says something to Dracula where he's like, "I'm gonna kill you, motherfucker." No, he's, he's like,
0: <laughs> "Kill you, motherfucker! I'll kill you."
1: I'm down with that. I mean, it's no motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill. <laughs> like, wasn't that from the first one? Some I think mo- so. some motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill. Yeah. Nothing nothing as iconic as that in this one. Real quick about casting because yeah. I wanted to sneak this in because it was so perplexed but now it kind of dawned on me where this might have this connection might come from. So there's an actor in this movie John Michael Higgins.
0: Okay, who's
1: very well known for being in Christopher Guest films. All right, he plays Dr. Vance in this. He's like on TV yeah, yeah. The beginning, you know. He, you I love he's him.
0: He's great as Jennifer Aniston's brother in The Breakup. Okay. And he has he, he okay, sings yeah. the he's in the a cappella group and he sings uh that yes song he's like it's like come come with the kick drum. Move yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: he's terrific in everything that he's in in like all those Christopher Guest movies like yeah. a Mighty Wind and and Best in Show. But I was wondering how why is he in this movie? I think that's the Parker posey connection she's in all those christopher guest films too yeah and i almost wonder if the production was such where it was like hey like david goyer comes up to parker posey on set well, and it was just like wesley's being like impossible do you know anyone who might be able, like yeah who's just like the nicest person that would be able to least, like yeah
0: let's just put it this way by putting by like the casting in this movie you're definitely deciding to go in a different direction than the two other films Number one by, like, you know, supposedly both Wesley Snipes and Chris Christopherson were just like, no, Blade doesn't need sidekicks. They were Mm -hmm. just very much like, let's keep it just like the two of us. Which is interesting because Chris Christopherson, which, let's just face it, like, because he dies in the first one, right? Like, he gets, like, Mm -hmm. killed or, like drained by a vampire but then it's found out that he's like alive and Mm -hmm. was turned in the second one and then he turns him back somehow Mm -hmm. and then this one he dies in like the first act so it's just like I don't know that's just all over the place in the sense of how we're supposed to feel and you know and just the way that like Blade also doesn't really like emote so as far as like what's supposed to be like oh man shit he's dead and then (laughs) like he never has like there's never a moment with his daughter or his his, and uh, then all that that muddled
1: backstory Story too, you yeah, know, where it's like, I don't wish the kids were dead, and she's like, Wedlock,
0: yeah, wedlock by casting. You've got two of like the sexy young actors at the time, Jessica Beale and Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds with like mascara on, Ryan Reynolds, I don't get what's going I'm on there.
1: Still one of the sexiest actors of our time,
0: yes, you know. So you've got that element, and then you've got actors like you said, I forgive, forgive me, I forget his name that you just said, and him and Parker Posey. So you're adding that, oh, like, right, yeah. comedic yeah, element, and, and
1: Patton. You know, and and, and what the hell is Natasha Lyonne doing here?
0: so weird.
1: Like, I know her for being sort of, like, a, a sassy sardonic New Yorker. Like Yeah, she's upper just West so monotone. Like, like, I forget, like, okay, you want, you want to make her
0: blind, but she's just, like, so monotone in this, and just, like, I, I don't get it, but yeah. I and, just, like,
1: even even no offense to this guy, Dominic Purcell, who plays Dracula.
0: Well, then he's on the show, what was that, Prison Break? Right? Yeah, that was a big then, one, and, and then, then he's, he's on... He's, like, Fire Guy on the... Legends Pyro, right? Pyro no. The Legends of Tomorrow. Or, yeah, whatever that is. Yeah.
1: yeah, and he's okay, and, like, I'm sorry but ryan reynolds should have been dracula <laughs> like in a sense that like if you want sexy dracula who's like kind of also like sexually threatening this guy just doesn't do it you know like he looks like actually looks kind of like vin diesel to be quite honest yeah. like i wonder if that's sort of a vibe they're going for he's got the shaved head maybe he's sort of got I guess more they of ca- like a beefy I- muscle like more of a wrestler's muscle body instead of like a defined cut
0: yeah, and it's just weird that they were like, they clearly made it known that, like, they're going, they're finding Dracula, like, in the Middle East and, like, all the way from, like, Sumerian cultures, like, since, like, he was even around then oh, or before yeah. then. Longer, so just, like, older than we get, like, a more ethnic looking guy. I oh, don't know. Great idea. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, not a
1: bad call either. Right. Just get, get someone, an actor, just not a white American dude or a British dude. Yeah. Let's talk a little about Ryan Reynolds because, like, this is the shtick. It's a lot for this movie. I'll just say that. Like, it works. It's the Deadpool stuff already, but, like, this character is too much, man. It's, like, way 100%. too
0: much. 100%. And the cat, everyone is looking at him, like, Everybody, in the movie. Can you shut is, yeah, the fuck up? Yeah. Diarrhea of the fucking mouth. It's just so ridiculous. It's just, like, they went, like, oh, Van Wilder. Do that. That's who he is.
1: But cut it back. This movie's two hours, at least the
0: version I watched. Cut it
1: back. You can make him more of like a sad, sort of pathetic character, you know. And why is he wearing mascara? Well, that's just (laughs) to be sexy.
0: I don't know. It's just so silly. And what's up with Wesley Snipes' outfit? I wonder if he, like, lost a lot of weight and didn't have much muscle mass on him. Because he has, like, this really puffy clothes. Like, the other ones, he was just, I don't know, he was, like, very ninja-esque. And this one, he's just much more, like... T100 in it.
1: Well, again, I think that's more like where we are now with post Matrix, where you don't get to see his bare arms and everything like that. Now he's all geared up with tactical armor and stuff, where it's like, he's Blade, dude. Like, he can get shot a couple times. Like, that's not like a big deal for Blade, as far as I remember. I'm also a little bummed because, like, we do get to see the tattoos at the very end, but, like, you know, he's never like fighting all out in this, where you get to see, like, his tats and and he's not,
0: like, ripped. Did Blade always have that stupid haircut that there was this on the back of his head? There's like skin and then one more like V of hair. Similar.
1: It's always been sort of the wild thing from Major League kind of out of control haircut. Okay.
0: Oh, there's Triple H with the Pomeranian. I'm like, oh, do vampire hunters love docks? They all have, they all have, all their places are on docks. They're all hanging out at the docks. docks. Yeah.
1: Oh, there was one great moment when Dracula walks into like Hot Topic and, and he's, yeah, he like, was like, like, like a
0: straight up vampire store.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Because he goes in and he's like, you got any vampire stuff? And you're like, look around, yeah. dude. And there's and, a girl yeah. and a guy. And, and he and, picks up the Count Chocula and he kind of scoffs at yeah. it. And the guy is like. Giving him all attitude. They're both giving him attitude. Yeah. And she's he, like, "I've
0: got a." She's like, "We've got a vampire Dracula vibrator." And oh, all. right, right, right. And then he like
1: just throws the dude out the window and eats the girl. Yeah. And I was like, "Okay, that's a scene."
0: Yeah, it's just really yeah, it's just so weird. Like, I love how
1: they feel if Dracula was around today, there'd be so much culture
0: shock that he yeah.
1: didn't want to be back. He's like, "Put me back in the ground."
0: And isn't it also weird that Chris. Christopherson is saying like you're like my son I don't want to see you alone like you need to work with other people and he knows he has a daughter out of wedlock that is doing this stuff and then we even find out that they're just like that there are these groups of night stalkers all around yeah they're kind of like ready to go in the sense that like there's another driver that shows up that's just like oh yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Natasha Leon, like sent me like why, why hasn't he introduced blade to these people like earlier because they just
1: that's the problem when you get to part three and you feel like this is something we should have laid the groundwork for in previous movies that's the difference between going back into the movies that have been written and trying to mine that for information and then as opposed to coming up for new new information going forward and trying to lay new groundwork and establishing new things and you know the jessica beale character could be here but why does she have to be whistler's daughter you know like yeah. why couldn't blade find out he had a sister why couldn't he find out he had a brother? That could have been. Can we
0: also say that these are humans that they're also holding their own against vampires in a physical sense? I understand so when these, they have weapons.
1: Okay. So I want to spend like the rest of this episode talking about how shit these vampires are.
0: Shit these vampires <laughs> are. And then also, we said about the bloodbath of the rest of the team dying, and they're all off screen deaths.
1: Yeah. For an and it's an
0: R movie.
1: Yeah, it's it's. I get weak. every once in a while you it's want a little weak.
0: suspense. Maybe you don't want, you want to think maybe Natasha Leone, which also she doesn't look like she's dead. It was like the right. worst, like, not dead acting or whatever, because it's just weird, because also she's blind, and then that moment, then she doesn't have her sunglasses on anymore, and her eyes are open. She's so like, wait, what? What's going on? So, you know what Dracula reminds me of? He reminds me of
1: Sauron. Like, it's yeah, yeah, of so, Rings, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very definitely. much so in there with that design.
0: And which this is after, uh, you know, it's right right around there yeah yeah it does have a Sauron slash the mouth of Sauron like Definitely some
1: Lord of the Rings vibes going on in there. Dracula even says in this movie, You guys aren't real vampires or something. He's like, You've been deluded, you know? Like, you guys are so weak compared to what you're supposed to be. And it shows in this movie where, like, they get shot with, like, a real gun and they flare up into dust. And it's just the effect at this point is sort of worn on me. And I want them to be tougher. I want them to be able to lose body parts and, like, grow them back. I want them to be able to, I don't know, spit blood or acid or something I want like there needs to be sort of like something formidable about these they're just cannon fodder how am I supposed to realize that that like they're taking over the
0: world yeah well now the way they're selling it is more like in the fact that like how zombies are usually more of a threat not the not the fast-paced zombies but like old-school zombies just sheer numbers they're just like oh there's just so many such weird montages and like time lapse shots in this movie
1: the last like 20 minutes are gearing up up and like retelling where we are in the story from like all perspectives so you see like Blade gearing up and then you see Jessica Biel gearing up we gotta go get Ryan Reynolds and then you see the Dracula going like they're coming to get Ryan Reynolds I I
0: love when he's yelling at her use it Oh my God! Use it! They, use
1: it! They find the ta- they find everybody murdered, and she's like holding Natasha yeah. Lyonne. you, you know that? when
0: someone says something no. an- enough that it loses its meaning, and it just sounds like its own like A weird thing. Use it, yeah. use it! Use it! Use it! Like so, know, like, I'm
1: thinking I'm thinking that was like one shot of Wesley Snipes saying "Use it," and they, they, they loop it three yeah, times. Yeah. <laughs> The vampire virus is called the Daystar. There's fun words for everything in this movie. Vampires are hominous nocturnal according to
0: Ryan Reynolds.
1: Not one of the better ones unfortunately uh in the series.
0: It may it makes sense that like Wesley Snipes wasn't happy. This iteration wasn't going to continue
1: we're very close to Iron Man. You know, we're about four four years or so or yes. five years from the MCU. And in that time, there's going to be a slew of stuff that just doesn't hit, you know? I mean, we're even going to get the parody superhero movie that yeah. comes out. But like stuff people forgot about, such as like Jonah Hex, you know, that had Thanos in oh, it, even had yeah. Magneto in it. Yeah. Like weird things will come out. They'll throw everything at the board. But I think for the Blade series, something that started off so fucking strong and really carved its way into its corner of the market and saying like you can mine superheroes for this kind of material yeah it's interesting to see how how it changes along with the climate yeah
0: i guess it just was not the right time anymore for this series slash also the series was like shooting itself in the foot i think if it stayed darker it might have done well like the beginning of this movie almost has like the vibe of like machete like, uh-huh. just the way he, You're like, right. jumps out, and it's, like, an explosion, and he's just so easily killing people. And he has cool weapons. He's like, this works well. And it's just, like, not as much. I don't, I don't know. It's just so you, you make a good, up and down. You make,
1: a, make an interesting observation with that Mechete sort of uh, comparison where it feels like this is kind of where they... Wanted it to go and if only Wesley would play ball. Yeah, like maybe they could have gotten there and and it's too bad because in the first movie There's a lot of like machete moments, you know where like he doesn't necessarily go like blade don't text Yeah, but like he's got a really big fucking knife Yeah, and a really badass attitude in that there are sort of similarities to the characters and things
0: and right now I'm just we're seeing like Pat Oswald like show him a gun or whatever. It's just like Oh, the props on this movie also looked pretty damn bad. <laughs> oh, and that's definitely
1: a stand-in of uh, Wesley Snipes, not oh, the actual yeah. Wesley Snipes. And
0: <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> he you just see that? A prof- that was a completely different nose. <laughs> that is not Wesley Snipes. No, that is not. That's lot. <laughs> that's Wesley Snipes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah but that's, that's not hilarious. Wesley Snipes. He's, yeah, and so also it's important to point out that Guillermo del Toro said no to coming back because he was able to get Hellboy's this year. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is also that's also comic book movie we were getting at that point, point. and that's more like so it's that's dark and that's scary, but it has a good, great sense of humor to it, right. and that's like this movie wants to be what that what Hellboy yeah. was. Yeah, Hellboy
1: had the whimsy, you know, like yeah. it had like still that that jokey sort of fun. Yeah, and it just it well camp. written and Almost interesting
0: can. characters. These characters are just so bland,
1: and it's crazy how Hellboy made me believe that like I can I can accept a giant red guy running around New York City you know where in this I'm having trouble like accepting Wesley as Blade and I already loved him as Blade
0: yeah and don't get me wrong. I I love Ryan Reynolds. He seems like a great person. He has definitely entertained me a lot. Mm-hmm. I, do, I do very much like Deadpool. Yeah. I'm excited to see, you know, we were even, I think the last time we mentioned how him and Korg in a commercial together. Yeah. But it's just like, he was given a lot of chances. Every chance. Right?
1: It's not even that he was, like, given the chances. It's that a lot of the failures weren't, I don't I truly believe that what the public considered failures, the industry did not. So like Ryan Reynolds perceived failures were successes, like notches for him and things like that. I mean, that's just a oh, theory I have yeah. like because he just is you're right. like some people they get a certain number of tries. You know, and it's just like how did he bounce back from Green Lantern? It just feels like that was the final but then he does a movie like Buried. Or you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he sort of branches out at that point and yeah. does other stuff and it gives you enough to kinda of like it does get some one arm, yeah. You know what it makes you think of? Like a career makes you think of like Indiana Jones hanging off of um, like half a bridge. Yeah. Right? And he's constantly slipping and climbing up a little bit. And then like the rope gives a little more, but then he gets an inch or two. And Ryan Reynolds now is standing on top of the mountain. 100%. For the last like 10, 15 years, he was still working his way up that rope ladder a little bit on the side of the cliff, it seems.
0: When was X-Men Origins Wolverine? 2009? Wow. Yeah okay so that's like when he first plays Deadpool yes you know like yeah, yeah, yeah. and like not like I mean there's he has little quips in the beginning technically
1: yeah he's Wade Wilson in he's it. Wade
0: Wilson and then there's that really weird yeah like weapon whatever not X but weapon.
1: Weapon 11, maybe, which they, you know, I thought they did a really fun thing in the end of Deadpool 2 with that sequence. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Good. I
0: mean, I'm happy for him because, yeah, him playing Wade Wilson, playing Deadpool, like, he finally, like, he's in he's in the right place as far as what he's doing now in uh, comic book characters. It was just, I just also want to say this movie makes a very clear point to introduce not they don't specifically say iPod but he says like she likes to listen to MP3 oh so yes. the- <laughs> she's <laughs> making a set list she's making, yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah, and then Green Lantern was twenty eleven. It's strange, like maybe that is part of it—how spaced out the failures are. In a little sense, they're not just like one after the other, after the other, necessarily. But like, because he also does stuff like the Proposal, which is you know that was a great that was film. a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah,
0: he's in, he's in Just Friends. That's one of my favorite. Just
1: Friends is terrific. I think yeah. that movie is hilarious. We're gonna
0: we I know I'm gonna be on High School Slumber Party at one point for that.
1: So I know you know we didn't really get into the. You know, nitty gritty too much of this Is movie. Is there nitty gritty? That's it's just that's, so. Yeah, that's the thing. There really isn't. You know, and you know, we we just general discussion about the film. We don't have to hit every scene or anything. But are there any other scenes you want to bring up? Are there any notes that you had or, <sighs> or, or <sighs> things like that? Not really, because okay. I mean, like
0: I, you know, yeah, I just like wrote down. I kind of, I really kind of so squeezed
1: hard. everything I was, I had written down in yeah. here and there as well. Good stuff. So, Kyle plugs.
0: Uh, foodie film song <laughs> I was on high school song party a lot you this were. summer.
1: You were at the beach. Yeah, I was beach at the party, beach, baby. yeah. We were
0: on San Emilio, a lovely island. Brian and I rented a cabana. A little bungalow for the summer. we were making some tiki drinks, Ooh. and uh, yeah, and so check out all of those episodes. We covered a lot of the like the beach party movies, the Frankie Avalon and uh, yeah, uh, what's her and name? Yeah, and that Fun episodes.
1: I listened to a bunch of those. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Wednesday. We covered Gidget. We covered so all like those classic surf movies. And now Brian is starting with uh, high school reunion movies. So when this comes out, definitely at least uh, American reunion Union will have been released. That was a fun episode that I was originally on at the American Pie episode. So yeah, just getting my uh, podcast rocks off with High School Summer Party <laughs> and obviously cool. Third Time's a Charm. Yeah, you'll, uh, you'll be
1: back here for, uh, a, for official MCU. We still have to do Civil War, which was going to be today, but I wanted Blade to be my Halloween episode. Great, yeah. Like Blade so, to my yeah. And my October episode. Then we, and I, as
0: I told you, we need to have... Br- Brian's favorite MCU is... Uh, the Ragnarok. Ragnarok, so maybe you hold on to that for when's love that's a while away that's right? not
1: until the, the spring I
0: don't think I think even later I think next fall okay I think fall of 2020
1: uh, we got No Way Homecoming uh, coming out in theaters in December but but also now that uh, the sacred timeline has been fractured we have X3 we, yeah. th- we could do X3 Boy. It's got it's got a couple cool moments. It's uh, got know? some
0: cool moments. Kelsey Grammer's beast is yes. one of the best I was castings of all. I was time. just
1: gonna say, so good they brought him back, right? They brought him back for yeah for a brief little uh, for at the Days end of Future of, Past, yeah, yeah, which, yeah. Is, yeah. Which, is, which is terrific. But that movie, yeah. the 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 problem, I don't feel the problem with that movie is the, the the plot and stuff. It's it just didn't have any money.
0: But we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, Kyle, do you want to talk about maybe plug your tours? Or yeah, anything? yeah.
0: So uh, follow me at Foodie Films Media. I'm always posting about stuff there, and uh, yeah, my three biggest passions are three commonly enjoyed things food, music, and film, but i like I said, like I'm saying, very passionate about those things. So, uh, yeah, I give food tours in Jersey City, this awesome company, Beyond the Plate Food Tours. Check that out. Check out their, their Instagram, and if you book a tour in Jersey City, I'll be your tour guide. So, fun time. We go to like, four different restaurants, have a little food at each place, have some cocktails. Some shawarma? Any shawarma No, 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 no shawarma. <laughs> we need to get some shawarma in there. That's for sure. <laughs> that's for shawarma. Oh, <laughs> and on that note,
1: Kyle, <laughs> we'll see you later.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: That's going to do it for another episode of Third Times a Charm. Got to thank the foodie man himself, Kyle, for stopping by again. Thank you so much for doing these Marvel movies with me. The Cap to my Bucky. The, the Iron Man to my war machine. Uh, the Spider-Man to my guy in the chair. You know, all those things. Thanks again for coming by, and I can't wait for our next trip through the Sacred Timeline. As Kyle said, you know, check him out on his food tours, foodie films, PSI Love Hoffman with his co-host Brian Rodriguez. Double plug time right here. Quick one, Monsters That Made Us, last Friday of every month with my co-host Invisible Dan Colon. Uh, right now, latest episode, The Invisible Woman. Next one, Wolfman. Cage Club Prime with my co-host Joey Lewandowski, the Father. Check out the newest Cage episode, Prisoners of the Ghostland, a crazy radioactive Japanese ball-breaking hell of a good time. And, of course, Elvis with Avrivo Paul Vegas. And this time is wild on the country. Be sure to listen to all that stuff. And thanks for listening. You can catch all the other shows that I do and everything else that I'm on over at cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. You can get this show everywhere. You get podcasts on the internet, such as iTunes, Spotify. Just ask Al Gore if you're not sure. The guy created the internet. You know, he's got the book somewhere, read the manual. He can just look up whatever you need. Yeah, so that's it for Third Times of Charm this month. And until next time. Three. That's a magic number. Yes, it is. It's the magic number. Three Three makes the me, and that's a magic number. What does it dog mean?